3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Move into Tuesday, six minutes after six, and uh, looks like we're going to have a nice day today. I'll give you all the weather here in just a moment. Uh, big story today that we'll start off with is that Governor Hutchinson uh, had his uh, weekly address yesterday, kind of looked at uh, how things are going to be changing according to KATV. Uh, some information I looked there. Uh, the number of corona cases now in Arkansas is at 3,069. The recent uptick we had, and this is something I I think that everybody has to understand. Uh, the majority of the recent uptick has come from the Cummings unit uh, uh, at the prison between inmates and staff members. A lot of people have tested positive uh, because of that. So it's not like... Uh, the disease is widespread and is exploding all across the state. To be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised that it happened uh, now, uh, that it's taken this long uh, for uh, uh, that prison and and other facilities, lockdown facilities like that, to have a, a problem with this. I think that the prisons and jails were all looking at this as uh, an, an inevitability, and we're, were waiting about it. Uh, Hutchinson said yesterday that we have met some of, of but not all federal guidelines to start reopening the state in phases. He said that Arkansas meets criteria for availability of hospital beds and ventilators. The state has recorded a downward trend in COVID-19 cases lately, but that the trend has not lasted for at least two weeks. That is the time that uh, the presidential task force has recommended. Hutchinson, who noted that the uh, guidelines are flexible, was still optimistic. Uh, Quoting uh, the uh, governor, it's looking positive in terms of the trends, the trajectory, here in the state of Arkansas. Arkansas has banned dine-in services at restaurants and bars, limited access to public spaces, prohibited indoor gatherings of 10 people or more to limit the uh, spread of the virus. Restrictions on elective medical procedures were lifted somewhat yesterday. A uh, couple of the rules on that, only daytime elective surgery and uh, you have to be tested for COVID-19 48 hours before you go in uh, to have your elective surgery. So and you've got to, you know, pass that test. Um, health providers still have to meet certain guidelines on all of that. The state plans to announce uh, t- uh, tomorrow whether restrictions on restaurants and bars will be eased. It's going to make a similar announcement on Thursday about gyms, which have been shut down uh, since uh, the social distancing and everything got underway. A decision on salons and barbershops, which have been shut down, is set for Friday. And then the uh, the big announcement I know a lot of you are interested in, that I'm interested in, uh, is uh, when we can get back to worship services and an announcement for that will be made on Monday uh and may the 4th be with you so that's you know what's coming on because Monday is May the 4th and uh so uh, we'll have to we'll have to keep on uh you know worshiping over YouTube for at least another weekend and maybe two it, it may take churches uh an an extra week to gear up and and uh, get in and you know, I'm thinking that if they haven't done so yet, they may want to sanitize their sanctuaries and things of uh, not that uh, that nature. Elizabeth Oltiaro is with us. She's here. Hey, what's up, Elizabeth? Good morning.
3: Good morning. Good morning. I hear a lot of folks, you know, started to fuss about on a Monday. They're going to tell the churches whether they can reopen. Well, uh-huh. you know, not not only the joke about the women need to get their hair done before they go,
2: uh-huh. but the seriousness
3: of it is they do need. Several days to be able to prepare and decide what type of social distancing they're going to engage in. So, you know, to tell them on a Sunday that they can open on Sunday or whatever just didn't make a lot of sense. I I think it's interesting. Go ahead. The different may not mayors. The different governors are doing different types of businesses first. I think it's very interesting. Some states have said, "Well, the gyms and." Uh, certain venues of that sort can open first, but we're going to wait for the restaurants. And I, I just don't see a whole lot of difference in going to Walmart for groceries and going another place like a gym or somewhere else where you're going to be around a lot of people for an hour or so. I don't really understand the logic. Do you?
2: No. No, I, I, I don't. And, uh, you know, other than they just want to cut down the the number of places Uh, that we can uh, go to so that people aren't just uh, gathering in large groups everywhere. Everywhere they go.
3: Yeah, and that does make sense. But picking winners and losers, Walmart gets to stay open and the local, you know, whatever store has to be closed, and they are suffering from no income.
2: Yeah, I know. I just saw a great story out of Georgia Restaurant, and I forget what town they were in. But this this is a local restaurant, kind of like some of the smaller ones we have here in uh, in in Cabot, you know, mom and pop, or, or, you know, operations. And the lady who owns this place, it's called Vittles Vittles Restaurant. What a great name in the South for your <laughs> restaurant! But yeah, it's absolutely. called Vittles, and uh, was uh, reading uh, uh, about it. And uh, the lady who owns the place had not gotten any information at all about, uh, you know, what she was uh, uh, going to get from the Small Business Association and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So she sold her car. She had, she had bought a new car beginning of the year. She took it back to the uh, dealership. Said how much you give wow. me for it. Knew that she would get less than what she had paid for it, and uh, and did. Uh, but she took that money and she was able to keep and pay uh, eight people on her payroll. Wow! And and I just thought to myself, that is what entrepreneurship is really all about, and she's to be really commended. I'm going to try to find out a little more. Maybe we uh, can get a call into her and get her on the air and just talk to her a little bit, be interested. And and maybe you know stories, if you're listening right now, uh, you know stories of local businesses who've done a lot of those kinds of things to stay in business. We'd like to know about them. You let Heidi know uh, back at Studio 823-0965, Six five, and we'll hear the stories, and we might go back and uh, look at uh, doing some some uh, in, you know interviews with some people. I think that would be well worth it at the, at this time in this process.
3: Some of the things that business people are doing to both help their customers and help you know their their communities. These are the stories that I think the press is totally ignoring, of course, on purpose. But there are so many wonderful things about what our country is doing to respond to this and what people are doing to help each other. And nobody's talking a lot about that. What's that all about?
2: No, they're all, you know, if it's a national, national news, and I'm going to say that the local stations here in Arkansas have done a pretty good job of localizing this story and maybe that's what the national networks believe that should be done but the mainstream or if you want to call them the lamestream media mm-hmm. uh, in their coverage of this story for the most part are, are all playing you know follow follow the leader and have each other's nose firmly planted in each other's derriere and and whoever's doing what story everybody else follows and um, the majority of of uh, mainstream media does not like Trump. I mean, I was watching the uh, I watched the first ten minutes yesterday, maybe fifteen, uh, of the uh, presser that the president had, and the first question out was uh, asking about one person uh, that the president had on his staff. Uh, I forget what. Uh, you yeah, department he was heading up, but that early it's the
3: on, DHS fella, it's the is that who it is? fella.
2: Yeah, and they they it's were the t- saying
3: were he was going to fire him, Alex Azar.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Azar, because they said that he had said there was no big deal. Uh, that it, the coronavirus wasn't as big as a thing as a a lot of people had said, and yada yada and he yada yada. When? Yeah. How and many weeks it, ago before we right. knew anything, he was he was he was telling people what we knew at the time and was uh, and they wanted to know why he hadn't fired him. And if I've been the president, I looked at him and said for the same reason, evidently, that in the House they haven't fired Pelosi. Oh, good mean, answer. You know, I mean, Pelosi uh, at the very beginning was te- telling people to go to Chinatown in San Francisco and congregate and party because people now, didn't have adequate, you know, information about the coronavirus. Why? Because the, the Chinese thing. had lied their butts off about it.
3: That's right. That's right. And how dare they hold us responsible when they're doing the same things, saying the same kinds of things. By the way, I watched the entire presser. It was a very good one. It did not last maybe an hour total. Well, and yet, good. That's... He did bring up Nancy in Chinatown before the questions were over with, and he ignored a couple of others that were just totally out of line, and he just went on to the next person. He didn't really jump back at them. He just kind of went on. He was asked about Alex Azar. How come you haven't uh, you know fired him, and he said, "I have no intention that 's fake news i didn 't even no one even asked me about that. I did not say that, and of course, they keep going with the story they yep. keep going
2: well, they and manufacture then, stuff
3: absolutely, absolutely this is again, you and I've talked about this so many times, but this is what drives me nutty is there are so many good stories out there that need to be talked about, and instead all they want to do is stick to their propaganda." I just keep wondering when people are going to wake up to what they're seeing in front of them. Every well, day. I mean, some I people they, some
2: people will, but the other people who already didn't like Trump are going to tune in because it feeds exactly what they believe.
3: Well, exactly. Every not everyone, many people look for things to confirm their own beliefs without looking at the other side. I will agree with that. And you can interpret, you know, remember the thing on the Internet about the striped dress, whether it was blue and white or whatever the other colors were. Yeah, right. it strictly was a perception issue. And, I mean, this is the same kind of thing. It doesn't matter how many times you look at that dress. If you want it to be blue and white, that's what you're going to see. And it is really disturbing at this point. Our country is doing a fantastic job. Our country is doing a wonderful job between public and private partnerships. The things that are – the the transparency that our administration has shown, every single day you can watch hours of coverage with him interacting directly with the leaders of all these different industries. Um, it's just phenomenal, and we're missing out. I'm not old enough to remember what happened in World War II, but I've read about it, and I'm thinking of the – you know, the the movie industry and how they launched all those movies that were pro America and basically did the opposite of what the media is doing today. They whipped up patriotism and now they're whipping up socialism and anti government and everything they can do to take us down. I don't understand.
2: Well, I understand. They don't like Trump. It's very simple, and they they, they are hugely, hugely uh, liberal, progressive, and uh, many of them are out-and-out out, uh, heavy-duty socialists, communists. And, uh, you know, they're out uh, and they have a platform and they're making the most uh, of it. I I just think how ridiculous it is watching the hypocrisy play out in Hollywood as it is in Washington of how nobody uh, on the left wants to talk about Joe Biden and Reed and Tara Reed, this uh, lady that, you know, he he groped uh, back uh, some years ago. If this had been a uh, Republican, uh, they they would they would be. Put had you in the pillory already, and had you up on a cross with nails in your in your hands and in your feet. I'm just telling you, you've been crucified. Uh, right away. I mean, look at how they did Kavanaugh. Uh, Robert and I ran through a timeline yesterday, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. how it took them several weeks to even start talking about Reed uh, and and what she had been saying, where on Kavanaugh, you had one story break and CNN did seven stories within about a six hour span. Uh, they oh, in fact, heard. that. You know what that tells me? They knew. They had already talked to their their lackey friends over at the Post, knew what was coming, and were ready to report.
3: Innocent until accused is how they treated Kavanaugh, of course. We all know how that came down. Yeah. And Blase Ford, <laughs> yeah. Blase Ford her, her demeanor and the way she acted and talked about things, it was clear to me, again, I saw a blue and white dress, it was clear to me that she was making all of that up. Now, Tara Reid, how many people now have stepped forward? There were uh, there, neighbors well, who stepped forward. Yeah, there's two more now. Yeah, two more. Biden supporter,
2: yeah, Biden two more.
3: Supporter. She said, I will never. I heard a commentator discuss interviewing her, and she said, I, I will not vote for Trump. I well, intend to still vote for Biden, but I know that this happened because she told me so. Now I want you, you, I want you to think
2: about that. that? I'm going to still vote for Biden, gonna, even though I know yeah. he ran his hand up her dress.
3: Exactly. But this is the women must be believed, you know. Women must be believed.
2: Yeah, but you believe them, but you don't act on it.
3: I don't know that they even that, believe. They don't believe Tara Reid. They're that lady. Like, well, know, that lady
2: said tickets. she did. That lady said I believed in what well, Terry said, but I'm still going to vote for Biden. What? What kind of they're insanity is Biden. that all about?
3: Well, that's that's a symptom of, of TDS, Trump Derangement Syndrome. He has driven these people out of their minds, crazy. And I understand. And this is serious. I'm not making a joke. I read the article a day or so ago that folks have shown up all over the country for mental health issues after the quarantine because they're at home and they're they're thinking too much about Trump and they're really losing
2: it all right they're we got to really get a break it. we got to get a break we've been talking too long it's 6 <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised <laughs> with me on the air. 623, Dave Ellswick's show right now. Uh, it's a high, uh, well, not a high, but we're at 62 degrees in Little Rock, looking for a high of 73. And there's going to be some thunderstorms, maybe some severe ones over the area. So keep your eye to the sky. It's a Dave Ellswick show with Elizabeth Soltalaro at uh, 101.1 FM. The Answer. It's uh, 62 degrees in Little Rock. Uh, Conway's reporting in 60 out in Pine Bluff and in Cabot, 63 degrees. Hot Springs, the cold spot in the, uh, the morning at 58 looking for all of our areas to make it up to the low 70s today, predicting 73 in Little Rock with some thunderstorms around the area tomorrow, partly sunny 71 and then Thursday sunny skies and uh, 74 and that will start a warm-up tread trend as we move into the weekend and we'll be low 80s on uh, Friday and Saturday and Sunday the next chance of rain uh, from today. Uh, I mean, real good chance of rain, probably not until next Monday. So uh, yard work weekend coming up just for everybody to know, yard work weekend's coming, which is good because you can get all your yard work done. I can get my pool open and all of that and know that the next Sunday is Mother's Day. So hopefully by then uh, we'll have some restaurants that are going to be open. If you missed us at the beginning of the show, Asa Hutchinson, the governor, uh, on uh, uh, Monday made the statement that uh, he's looking at making some decisions about who's going to open up and uh, who's going to be able to really start doing business uh, later on this week. Uh, he said that we have meet, met some of the criteria the government has set uh, for being able to uh, reopen. You know, there's federal guidelines for that now. He said the state meets criteria uh, for uh, He has criteria for availability of hospital beds and ventilators. The state has recorded a downward trend in COVID-19 cases lately, uh, but that trend does not last it for at least two weeks, the time period recommended. Uh, uh, He also noted that the guidelines are flexible and was still optimistic. He says it's looking positive in terms of trends, the trajectory uh, here in the state of Arkansas, and that Arkansas has banned dining services at restaurants, etc., etc. He's going to make his his decisions on a lot of this starting on Wednesday. That'd be his decision on restaurants and bars. Thursday, gyms, and then on Monday it'd be a decision on churches and when they can start meeting again. Which I have the funny feeling will be on. Mother's Day. All right, time for the news. Let's get that. Elizabeth and I will be back in just a few moments. All right, 25 minutes until 7 o'clock. Dave Ellswick show 101.1 FM, the answer today. Possibility of a severe thunderstorm in areas. It's not going to be a huge, huge area-wide breakout, but they're, they're going to be around, but we're going to get some rain today. High of 73 tomorrow. Bad weather moves out overnight, partly sunny tomorrow, 71. And Thursday, sunny skies, high of 74. I just keep coming on, come on 80s, come on 80s, come on humidity, because coronaviruses, for the most part, don't like humidity and they don't like heat. Currently, uh, we're looking at Conway at 60. Hot Springs at 58, Cabot's at 63, Pine Bluff is at 63, and uh, locally here in Little Rock, we're looking at 62 uh, degrees. Uh, We've given you all the background that we have on Asa Hutchison and what he has said here about the state uh, and about reopening the state of Arkansas. Oklahoma has done a lot of reopening. Tennessee has done a lot of reopening. Mississippi looks like they're getting ready to. Texas is getting ready to. Now, lagging behind is Louisiana, although their numbers now uh, down in New Orleans and Baton Rouge are falling significantly. And then you have uh, up in Missouri. I haven't heard exactly what they're planning to do. But most of the states around us are beginning to reopen their businesses. Now, that doesn't mean a a, a free-for-all where you just throw the doors open and say, hey, everybody, come on. That's (laughs) not the way it's going to work. They're going to have social distancing. I think that uh, once they allow, for instance, uh, uh, let... uh, Matt Smith reopened his movie theaters, the VIP movie theaters across central Arkansas. He probably maybe, uh, what, uh, 50% to 75% filled. There's going to have to be seats around in between the people who are there to see movies and things of that nature. I expect that that will happen. Uh, we're going to do the same thing in restaurants so that they can continue to have social distancing. Now, something that popped up, uh, early this morning, I was watching uh, Maria Bartoloma. I watched that instead of Fox and Friends. I would rather have some real news instead of just, you know, three people being giddy on the air. Uh, I'm not that giddy <laughs> at, uh, you know, like five ten in the morning. But anyway, I watched Maria Bartoloma, and they reported that JetBlue and American Airlines are both ready to announce new policies that... For instance, on starting on the 4th, that's Monday, uh, for um, uh, JetBlue, you'll have to wear a mask when you fly with them. And American is supposed to be making that same decision as well. Well, that tells me everybody else is going to do it. You know, I'm, I'm waiting Absolutely. for Southwest. Uh, you know, I tend to fly with Southwest, so I expect to see that all flight attendants. Uh, we'll have to wear masks uh, and pilots as as well. So uh, that's just something for everybody to know that that's one of the new changes that's going to be uh, coming. That just makes sense to me that that's going to happen with that, you know, closed in ventilation system that you have. in You probably need something to keep other people who sneeze and cough, who aren't smart enough to cough into the crook or sneeze into the crook of their elbow, uh, to uh, to wear a mask to you know protect people from putting up all kinds of you know spit and stuff in the air. I know that sounds gross, but that's exactly what happens. So uh, try to cut down the 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 chance of. uh, you know, catching something. I mean, I'll I'll probably wear a mask when uh, I fly uh, down in uh, in August when I have to fly to North Carolina to do the uh, uh, Republican National Convention. I'll I'll be wearing a mask still then, although it might not be as as dangerous at that time because we'll have gotten into the real hot part of the summer and the humidity and stuff. Kind of interested to see in Arizona, uh, Elizabeth if uh cases start uh-huh. draw, dropping off precipitously. Now they won't have the the um the humidity but uh we'll find out whether heat without humidity is as good as heat with humidity when it comes to coronavirus. Sunlight. Yeah they were yeah sunlight. they were supposed to have, lots supposed, of to have there. <laughs> supposed to have hundred and two high yesterday and uh in the low hundreds again today. That should be enough to kill the coronavirus and yeah. You know, the more UV radiation that gets out there, uh, the better as well. You know, I, I, you know, you... I, couldn't, I couldn't understand why people got so uh, up, uptight when the president talked about UV radiation, because I remember when I was a, a lot younger. Uh, you used to go to the doctor or you used to go mm-hmm. to the dentist, and all of the instruments that they had yep. were in a little machine sitting off to the side on the counter with a, a UV light over it. Now you would, we would call that a black light over top of uh, the instruments. And it killed all of the germs. They knew it killed How the about- germs.
3: How about over the door where my where my family went when I was a child? That doctor's office had a blue, you know, it was a UV light over the door. Yeah, and, <laughs> we kids used to tease about it, but but yeah, that's the way we used to do that. And I don't know how we got away from that. Of course, Pause. we all know now that Trump was just discussing out loud something he had read that was actually already in play. And of yeah. course, the media decided that it was not something they agreed with, and they ran with it like crazy.
2: did you see that 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 one firm I can't remember them, their name uh, there, it was two firms working together on a ventilator application uh, as it was inserting as the person is being incubated uh, the 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 front of the incubation device was using UV light going down the person's uh, uh, bronchial way to kill all uh, of the uh, the viruses as it was moving into uh, the the lungs. And in fact, the use of UV light in people's lungs has been used now for years. They use it on babies who have what is called wet lung, they use that yes. uh, in their lungs to be able to open the alveoli uh, in their lungs quicker. So, uh, you know, as, as everybody has made fun of that, it, it's it's a science reality. Just because you haven't heard about it doesn't mean that you you make fun of it. You know, other, if you're old here's enough, we know where we'll are from the
3: it. press. Not only is the press taking up space, reporting things that are useless, but they're also dumbing down our country by this. These are perfectly, um, well, they're being studied, treatments that are being studied, things that scientists are working on. And because the press decided that Trump said it, they want to run it out of town. And again, they're dumbing down what Americans need to know and need to understand in order to make informed choices for their families about this stuff. They are not helping. (laughs) They are not helping. And I just I am disturbed because I don't see any other way for the uh, factual information to get out
2: there. Yeah, I was I just wonder how
3: it's gonna get out there.
2: You know, shows
3: like this, tell your friends, come listen to Dave Ellswick because this is where you're gonna get factual information.
2: Well we we got the information, we report it, but you know, I guess I I consider my listeners smart enough. To know that this information already exists. It's there. Uh, People are paying attention to it. Now, I understand some people listen here in the mornings and stuff to catch, you know, what the headlines basically are. And I haven't really moved outside of talking about what Asa said yesterday. But I think that's what everybody kind of wants to know about now is when we're going to get yeah. back to this quote new normal and the new normal is not going to last for as long as everybody says everybody thinks nobody's going to want to go to a football game uh, and gather with a whole lot of people i'm going to tell you what <laughs> i i strongly <laughs> strongly disagree with it remember after 9-11 california every,
3: beaches well yeah <laughs> right but look,
2: check out you know look after 9-11 had one of the the biggest terrorist attack in American history, and we had football and all kinds of stuff. We I think we missed one Sunday, and then we came back and everything was packed. It's gonna the same I, thing's going to happen. It's going to happen, Americans for different are gonna,
3: reasons. But I think I think we wanted to show the world that it wasn't you know the terrorists weren't going to hold us down. I think that well, same we're going to yeah. we're gonna say the same you know, thing to mother nature. Want, we're going to say the same thing to mother nature. We're going to flip her a bird. We can beat it. We can beat it. We can beat it. And I think we I think we certainly can if we can get enough information and get it out to the people and people can understand how to apply that information to their you know to their businesses and to their personal lives and to their children's lives and to the schools and it's going to take a little time but we are a very very agile and very strong country, especially with the leaders that we, the presidential leader that we have. And I think we can, we can take care of business, okay? Will people die? It's a very sad situation. Yes, they're going to die.
2: Hey, guess what, hey, Elizabeth? People die every day.
3: That's right. That's what I was just going to say. People get in their cars every day, and I think, I don't remember all the statistics now, but 53,000 so people. Life. Yeah, 53,000 people more... a year
2: die in cars.
3: Exactly. So we, we need to be allowed, oh, yes, we need to be allowed to make our own choices. I just remembered an article I saw yesterday. William Barr, our, our country's AG, has instructed U.S. attorneys across the nation to be alerted and watch for infringements on civil liberties. Oh, yeah. By
2: have to. And
3: to. he put out a memo and he instructed them yesterday. I want you to go after this stuff,
2: well, and I'm really lot,
3: pleased.
2: There's very, very a lot of little, Mus- a little a lot of little Mussolinis out there. I'm just telling you. Exactly.
3: You know, exactly. they're just but they're just waiting. Out the words. See, we're going to yeah. stick with our constitution. We're going to stick with our constitution. You know, Trump has totally totally. Uh, I don't know what I want to say here. He's he's used federalism, okay? He's used federalism and completely followed our Constitution by saying, here's what I think and here's what I'm going to do to assist the states— but the and governors the left and the states have it. got to do their jobs. They've got the to do it on their own. It's their job.
2: hates it. The left hates they hate it. hate that. And, and some of the mayors and the governors hate it as well because, guess what? If you're a politician, the first thing you want to do is figure out who you can make the scapegoat. Who,
3: who you can blame other than yourself. They don't That's want to stand exactly up and take right. responsibility for the jobs that they ran for and that they got elected for.
2: That's right. That they got All right. elected for. 13 minutes uh, to 7 o'clock. we got to get a break in. Let's do that. I know that Heidi is probably uh, starting to tap her foot and scratching at the paint on the control mo- module in front of her. So know this. We're going to get a break in, then we'll come back and finish up this first hour. We've got more to talk about. we got a lot to talk about today. Stick with us. Bible guys coming up after the top of the hour news if you still have a question it's not too late to get it in just send it to bible at salemlr.com it's 101.1 fm the answer all right it's uh, about 10 minutes till seven speaking of what david lucas was just saying let me give you a personal experience I turned sixty-seven. I was fully vested at that point in the Social Security system, so I decided I was going to go ahead. And well, I was sixty-six. This is when I turned sixty-six last year, and I decided I was going to go ahead and put in for my Social Security. I decided I wasn't going to wait until I was seventy. And I would have got about a a little. I would have gotten a, about the equivalent of about thirty extra dollars a month, and I didn't feel like it was worth uh, holding out for. And I went ahead and put in and bang, walked in and and got started my Social Security. Well, I thought uh, my wife would go ahead and call, and she didn't. And she looked at me, she goes, well, Dave, I haven't had a job but a a few times uh, for short periods of time. I said, you call them. And she called and uh, found out she had almost $900 a month coming, $900 dollars a month I don't have to do the math for you to tell you that if she hadn't put in for that I could have lost literally tens of thousands of dollars as David always says and everybody laughs at that it's no laughing matter you really can lose tens of thousands of dollars if you do go uh, you know make that call and find out and uh, you know this last year, that, that uh, 10 plus grand has come in handy here at the Ellswick household. So I'll be real, real, uh, real, real uh, honest with you about that. Hey, today, some thunderstorms around the area. S- some could be severe. Keep that in mind. High of 73. Uh, for Wednesday, uh, partly sunny on your hump day, 71 degrees. And then Thursday, sunny skies, lots of blue, lots of. Vitamin D in a high of 74 degrees. I had some somebody text me, "What's the vitamin D thing, Dave?" And I said, "It's one of the few places you get vitamin D is from sunlight. You know, make sure you get out and get some sunlight on a daily basis if you can. It's good for you." Uh, Conway right now still reporting 60. Uh, Cabot 63, Hot Springs 58, and here locally at Little Rock, it's still 62 degrees. So the governor is going to make some announcements coming up uh, tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. Tomorrow about restaurants, Thursday about gyms, Friday it's going to be about salon, salons and things of that nature, and then on Sunday, uh, from what I'm, uh, or Monday, pardon me, it's going to be about the churches. And when uh, people can look at going back to church in a corporate setting, it seems to me it's going to come up on the, you know, the following uh, Sunday, which is Mother's Day, which is Mother's a good, day. That's a that's a good yeah. Sunday to go back to church, if you ask me. You know, I always Absolutely. like that because I like when they they have the mother who has the most kids stand up. You have the mother, the oldest living mother still stand up. All of, that's cool to me. I, I find that uh, very cool. And the Bible is very uh, clear that children are supposed to honor their mothers and their fathers. And it just makes sense that we honor them on those uh, you know, respective Sundays. I think it's very cool to see the people who have, you know, stood in the, in, in the way and, <laughs> and raised their kids and done a good job because it's not. And I think anybody who's been a parent... Or a grandparent will tell you it 's not an easy job. it is a difficult so do you, job
3: do you think they 're going to recognize the mothers that are still standing that haven 't killed their children during the quarantine
2: well i you know on father 's day I'm i get that i get that no I get that award every year uh, because when when i was when i um, when Linda and I got married, we melded our families. And when we came together, uh, we had four teenagers, two girls, two Mm -hmm. boys. And uh, I have always told people uh, I'm surprised that there wasn't a big headline in a a Texas newspaper at the time, because I was living in Texas, that uh, father kills four. I was really surprised that, uh, you know, <laughs> I wasn't part of a headline about that because there were times, I'm telling you, whenever you got teenagers, because teenagers go from being little adorable kids to being the spawn of Satan, uh, you know. Overnight. Yeah, <laughs> overnight. it's almost overnight. It's amazing. <laughs> it really is amazing. I'm do, just, I'm just kidding with first, everybody.
3: Yeah, but the first two or three weeks of this quarantine... You heard a lot of fussing on Facebook about the kids are driving me crazy. I can't do this. I can't. The kids are driving me crazy. I just
2: yeah, I liked, I liked. I liked.
3: Certainly appreciate it.
2: I <laughs> liked all the teachers that came back and said, "Told you." Told you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: We're learning I so that much was, about one another.
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was I thought that was uh, pretty good. Uh, I did say I uh, see a, a, an aside story this morning on Maria Bartoloma that the uh, the number of divorces being uh, filed during this time has risen. <laughs> what a big surprise! well oh, they're actually surprise.
3: filing and taking divorces during this time.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, wow. they're not taking them, but I mean they're filing. Them. They're talking to to their lawyers about it. Here they're. They asked a group of Americans uh, if they had stay-at-home orders that would last up to six months. One in four adults say they they would have would likely reach their wits end altogether. The top breaking point drivers are loneliness, frequent arguments with loved ones, and constant anxiety. Those are the three top. Uh, reasons just from that they think that they were Yeah, just from staying home and having to deal with their family.
3: Deal with their family. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is just awful.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Though I mean, I'll be honest. I had a loving family when I was a a boy. I remember great things about my family. But you know, if we've been locked up in our houses for six months and couldn't get out. You know, uh, and and God help us if the television had gone out. Uh, There might have been some deaths. There may have been blood. You know, there will be blood. Been a whole different type of movie.
3: I have to admit that if we did not have Internet... I don't think my husband and I would have made it as long as we.
1: <laughs> <know>. <laughs> <And> <laughs> there's a lot of truth. Say, not so
3: much the television, but the internet, because we spend a lot of time on our computers. Well, I, <laughs> so I working had and not working.
2: You know, I had done my uh, you know Netflix and uh, and Amazon binging here recently, and watched several series, and then I didn't have anything more to binge on. Yesterday, new show fourth season came out of the last kingdom and man Uh-oh. Y- yesterday i watched two episodes and it's, it looks like it's going to be the best uh, season yet from the first one so i'm i'm all in already so i'll watch a couple more uh i'm not binging uh, like sitting down watching all 10 episodes but i'm gonna watch uh, a couple more today it's really good have you watched any of that jack watches it i do not oh it's good it really it 's really good and and I thought Uthred was finally going to get his his castle back, and uh, some weird things happened last night it was, it 's been, been a really a great show i 've enjoyed it hey elizabeth let 's take a break you 're going to be gone for about an hour you 'll be back with us at eight. The Bible guys are next. Yeah. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, you still got a question? Send it to Bible Guys at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R.com. Scott, Steve, and Billy all will be here with me next.
3: said what's up with this weather don't know whether or not how sad I just got on my own volition or if I'm just missing
2: the sun wow man I gotta give credit to this guy he uh did a little bit of riffing on Richie Havens at the beginning there and uh, motherless child and then uh, went right into a little who there and uh, won't get fooled again so that's pretty good who was that Heidi
0: that is uh, Reliant K, high of seventy-five.
2: I like that. I, li- I like the sound. Uh, did you have? Do you? Well, you surely you know who the who are. Oh yeah. Okay, so you know that that little uh, synthesizer riff that he threw in there. It sounded like uh, you know who are you uh, oh, is what did. it sounded like. You know, and it sounded like he's, he he a little bit there, uh, did a little sample there. But uh, at the beginning, you know, when he's just. Getting at the the guitar, the, the the acoustic, and and just heating it up uh, reminded me of Richie Havens from Woodstock and do a Motherless Child. I'm showing my age, but that's all right. And uh, go go on. Here's what you 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 uh, I need you to do. Heidi. go on uh, YouTube and find Richie Havens Motherless Child from Woodstock, and. Uh, I'll play that for you here before we go to break so you can see where he sampled that from. But pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be old enough that you remember all of that. All right. Now, I understand that Billy is here. I've already talked to him. Billy Miller is here. And then Pastor Scott is here already. How you doing, Pastor? I guess he's there. Hello? There he is. We got you now. You're there. All right. Hey, by the way, Monday, I think we're going to get the uh, two thumbs up from uh, uh, the governor to start doing corporate uh, religion again on uh, the 10th, which is cool because that's Mother's Day.
4: Uh, yeah, right.
2: Yeah, It would so. be good to come back. It would have been better if we had done it this Sunday, but only, only as that would have been cool. Been May fourth, so we could have said, "May the fourth be with you," uh, when we went back. When we went back to church, but anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm a. Hey, I, I spoke about this a little bit, Scott. Maybe you guys can jump in and talk. You're all pastors in one sense or the other. Um, the question being, uh, what uh, if the, if the governor says on Monday that. The tenth, you can reopen your doors up and let everybody come back, or whatever, whatever ruling they're going to say. Uh, what do you have to do? I mean, are you going to have somebody come in and and you know sanitize the sanctuary and stuff like that? I mean, what what do you do in this kind of a situation? I mean, this is a this is a whole new area that we're going to be in.
4: Yeah, yeah, we we're doing that already uh, because we have our auditorium open for. Uh, for people to come in and out in uh, in prayer, um, so we're we're doing this on a on a daily basis. Actually, we have a we have full time cleaning staff that uh, are doing nothing but but cleaning for the most part. So uh, so that but, but we'll definitely have to do a a deep cleaning if we know everybody's coming back. But it's it's not quite as simple as, as throwing a, la- a liver because um, because we take so many different ministry of helps to run a service. Uh, And um, so we've got to make sure that all of our ministry of helps feel comfortable about coming back and doing the work. For example, you know, we have hundreds of kids uh, with children's ministry. So am I going to be able to bring on all the children's workers needed to actually have a children's service? If half of my people say we're not comfortable with going back and dealing with that just yet, then I can't come back full strength. Uh, until all my ministry of helps are on fully on board with doing it. So it's, uh, it's a lot of moving parts to get the whole thing back up and running again, especially when they tell us that kids are more carriers, uh, than they are symptomatic. So I may have, like I said, I may have a good portion of my children's workers who are not ready to, to, to come back fully, uh, and, and to do that just yet, especially if some of my children's workers are older people. Um, so it, uh, it, it, it might take a few weeks to get all the, you know, everything back in motion uh, before we can actually be, you know, fully functioning again.
2: Yeah, I guess my thing is, I'm, when I say fully functioning, I'm not, and 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 wrong of me to say this, but uh, I don't think of the children's ministries and things of that nature. I think of the sanctuary opening right. and people coming together and worshiping together. But you're right; you point out a very very important item. I mean, even at like New Life Church, where I go to, our children's ministry is huge there. I mean, yeah. if there's one thing the people of Cabot can do is procreate. I'm just telling you. And <laughs> and, and we've got a huge, huge children's ministry at New yeah. Life Church in Cabot.
4: Yeah. Whatever, whatever, the we, whatever we had our services in the beginning, we did, uh, we separated, we did two services, um, one for the elderly and one for the people with families, um, but the people with families had to have their children with them in the auditorium, and that was uh, very poorly attended, simply because people, you know, with, you know, they have several children, um, you know, to come to church and then to have all your kids in the service, to go through a regular service with, you know, the children crawling around and not being able to contain them, and it's just not... It's not a very doable uh, scenario. So if you can't come back online with all of your ministry of helps, then it um, then it does really kind of uh, limit what you can what you can do.
2: Yeah, See, I, I didn't even think about that, but you are exactly right. There's just so many moving parts now uh, in worship service, and it. Uh, uh, was for uh, for others. I mean, Billy, have you been talking to the folks at in the Cummings unit? I mean, Cummings unit has been hit hard. I know that you that you minister there, your pastor out there. Uh can you bring us any information about it?
0: Well, I'm actually out at uh, Tucker Max. Oh, Tucker, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they are still uh, closed with uh to to outside services with no date yet for potential reopen so uh, the good news is I, I did hear that they have had so far um zero cases of corona at the tuck oh, unit great. so um yeah very very pleased to hear that hopefully it, in a institution like that if, if Corona gets in and we've seen that in some state prisons around the country it it just devastates the population because of the, the health care that's involved there so uh, very pleased to hear that uh, it has not hit them so hopefully uh, we'll hear about reopening as, as the governor starts to allow um, people to congregate again and, and puts his uh, check mark on that uh, of course being a state institution uh, they they don't it's not optional for them to follow his recommendations. So hopefully, we'll be hearing soon that they'll be reopening for services.
4: Well, that's good. Dave, Dave, do we know yeah. when, when this happens? Is he going to? Is it going to be incremental? Like you know, before there was fifty people limit, are they going to say, okay, now we're going to have a hundred people limit, and then in, I don't in two know. weeks we're going to have okay? Here's okay, all I yeah. can tell you. The
2: governor said yesterday that he will make the determination about houses of worship on Monday.
4: Right. Yeah.
2: So I'm sure okay. there's going to there's going there's going to be some kind of uh, you know uh, governmental interference. I don't know any other better way to put it, but uh, there'll be some rules that they'll want followed, and uh, you know maybe at the door they're going to want people there with uh, those digital thermometers and taking people's temperature and stuff as they come into the house of worship or whatever.
4: Right. Right. And so I don't know; they might tell
2: everybody to wear a mask. I don't know.
4: Yeah, we're having worship in our our parking lot this Sunday, so we oh cool we be gathering. We be gathering together. So um, Sunday morning at ten o'clock at Agape Church, we will be in the parking lot. Everybody in their cars, and and uh, it's a fun time.
2: Hey, how about uh, did you and uh, and uh, Pastor uh, James get to talk from Cabot? I know that you know he was wanting to to find out how you were doing the broadcast versus how we did the broadcast?
4: Uh, no, we've played uh, a lot of telephone ping pong. Um, yeah. So I'll call him, leave a message. He calls me and leaves a message back and forth, back and forth. So um, we've been trying, but we've not been successful.
2: Okay, all right. Well, then, uh, you know, the, what, the, the way New Life Church has been doing it, uh, about 15, about 10, 1030, you go to YouTube or you go to Facebook. Go to Facebook. Go to your particular campus because, as you know, New Life Church has 18 campuses. Now, you go to your campus. Uh, you'll watch your pastor uh, for 15 minutes, and he'll talk about different things that are are indicative of that particular campus. And then we all join up with uh, uh, Pastor Rick Bazette and he preaches from Conway. And every, and everybody takes part in that, and then they we go back to Facebook afterwards, and and all uh, uh, have a, a corporate time on Facebook from our particular campuses. So it's been a little right. bit different, but it's been a, it's been good. I got to tell you, it's been good. Rick has done a good job on presenting, uh, you know, presenting the sermons. I got I got to ask you. I mean, I'm sure you're doing this as well. It's it, it looks to me that it would be difficult. Uh, to give a sermon, looking at a camera, and not and not have the people there uh, reacting to what it is that you're saying. I mean, you you've really got to depend on the Holy Spirit to impart on you how your congregants are. Well, I'm using big words today. The people that are <laughs> that come to church are uh, you know paying you know how they're paying attention. Uh, Out there, quote in TV land, versus while they're sitting there in the pew, you don't even know if they're
4: falling asleep. That's that's true. It's it's not easy uh, just uh, talking to a uh, to a camera. I mean, your your jokes don't work very well, Dave, when you tell a joke to uh, an empty room. (laughs) You know, there's there's no reaction. You know, your illustrations seem to fall seem to fall flat and all that. So, I mean, really, when you're when you're speaking to people, you're preaching. It really helps when you have. Uh, you know, kind of them drawing on you, kind of giving the feedback. It encourages. It brings synergy. Uh, you know, there's emotion in the room, and it's there's nothing there. So it, you really just have to really depend on the Lord to take what He's put in your heart and to give it, and still be able to give it with as much passion uh, that you would feel, uh, you know, from the Holy Spirit, uh, even though there's no response in the in the room. So yeah, it's a it's a challenge to. Uh, To do that, and but praise God, you know the Lord has allowed us all to rise to that challenge and to deliver the words that He's put in our heart. And I believe in this strange digital age that we're in right now that uh, it has worked as much as it can. Uh, But Christianity is a very tactile faith. We need to, you know, we're meant to serve people, communion. We're meant to baptize uh, believers. We're meant to lay hands upon the sick. We're meant to visit the uh, the widows. You know, it's a very it's a very contact. Uh, faith, and so we've been denied that to certain uh, degree. So uh, we need to do all we can to get back together and be touchy feely as soon as possible.
2: Okay, here's my suggestion. Rick kind of bridged this last uh, Sunday. He had uh, he had a laugh track on his computer, uh, so <laughs> so that when it, when he gave a joke, he pushed a button and uh, the laugh track came on. And That's a then, good, uh, a good one,
4: yeah.
2: and, and then he had he had a button that he pushed for for applause. <laughs> for applause, <okay. laughs> so it was pretty good. I I really enjoy I I enjoy listening to you preach. I enjoy listening to Rick preach and listening to Brother James Bennett preach. I uh, I'm a I'm a connoisseur of preachers and I've been with the, the, the people that I know. All right, we're going to go to the break, got to get a break in, then we'll come back with our first question. It's going to be about the virus issue, in fact. And while we go, uh, the, the song that Heidi played sampled two, two well, one uh, solo artist and then a group. A, he sampled uh, The Who from uh, you know, CSI, and then he sampled from this song here, too. Here's Richie Havens and Motherless Child. Go, go, Turn the
1: guitar Time out.
2: All right, if you have a question, we can take it live right here on the air because we've got all of the bells and whistles as far as technology goes. If you'll just call 823-0965, 823-0965 we'll get your call. And uh, Scott and Steve and uh, Billy will all be happy. Uh, to uh, give you an answer and uh, hopefully uh, be able to open your spiritual eyes a little bit. I want to remind you, P.I. Roofing is ready to take care of your roof so that you don't have to worry about it. We're looking at perhaps some severe thunderstorms later this afternoon. Uh, High winds, maybe some uh, marble-sized hail. So be aware of that. And if something happens that uh, causes a problem, know that if you get a, a hole in your roof and suddenly, like a tree branch goes to it and you got water coming to your house, you call PI Roofing, 707-3551, or go on their website, piroofing.com, let them know, and as soon as weather permits, I mean, if it's raining, they'll still come out, but if, you know, there's streaks of lightning crossing the sky and all that, probably not a good thing to throw an aluminum ladder up against the side of a house and and getting on top of a house uh, at a high point and uh, tempting fate but as soon as they can they'll get out to your house and they'll tarp it up so that you can stop the uh, water from coming in and causing any uh, further problems for you and speaking about further problems uh, they also do that type of work after the fact if you've got rain you know, in the house and it's it's caused problems with the insulation and maybe the ceiling drywall and all of that uh, they can come in and fix that for you easily uh, you know easy peasy kind of stuff all you gotta do is call them. That's PI Roofing 707-3551 or visit 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 them on the internet at piroofing.com. They'll keep their social distancing going with you, so you don't have to worry about that either. That's PI roofing. All right, Scott's here. He's the pastor of Agape Church. You've got Steve Hess here. He runs uh, the school, the Bible school over at Agape, and then we have Billy Miller, and Billy Miller works out at the Tucker unit when uh, they allow him in. Right now, that's not happening because of the coronavirus. All right, dear Bible guys, I know you've spoken about this virus issue on several shows now, but I was wondering what your take would be regarding the possible government overreach Uh, do do you guys feel that there is a possible conspiracy involved here I've seen several videos of people going to hospitals and filming empty waiting rooms and even interviewing ambulance drivers saying that the hospitals are just ghost towns and that they haven't seen any cases of COVID could this be a test run by the world governments to try and control the populace I don't mean to sound weird, but they are counting everyone who dies as COVID, even if the cause was something else. Maybe this is something Dave needs better to speak on uh, instead of the Bible, guys. I don't know. Thank you. So I'll let you guys have your say and then I'll have my say. we got two minutes to the bottom of the hour. We can pick it up after we come
4: back. Go ahead.
2: Go ahead, Scott.
4: Um, I've seen some of these videos too um, where where uh, people go in with cameras and film or they'll, they'll show a picture of a newscaster outside a hospital saying look at the lines look at the lines and then people run down to that same hospital and film and there's nobody there uh, I've seen that too it seems very odd, very strange I even have a lady in my church who's administrator uh, down at the Baptist and we communicated with her and she said it's just a ghost town there's just nobody here, we're laying off nurses we're laying off people because there's no work for people to do, so on on that side I would I would agree with the uh, the person writing the question that there certainly is. It doesn't sound like these hospitals are war zones like we've been hearing. It seems like they're ghost towns instead. And um, you know, as far as conspiracy theories go, there's a lot of weird stuff happening. I, I I can't even speak to that.
2: Yeah. All right, Steve or Billy, anything you guys want to add? We got 60 seconds
1: it's kind of hard to nail down i'm not real big on conspiracies but i definitely could see that possibility simply because of some of the stuff that pastor scott just cited um there it does seem very interesting and coincidental if you will that um, shortly after all of the events to mess with the try and take out the president um, and then everything that we've been doing to china financially that all of a sudden this thing just happens to pop out now and it does seem that our reaction um, is overly strong, uh, in comparative to the death rate when you compare it to, you know, like H1N1, the swine flu and, and the other things. It does seem to be particularly strong, but, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard. It's, I don't think it's one of those we have, almost have to wait and see if the conspiracy is playing out because you can run so many rabbit trails with conspiracies. That's why I don't grab a hold of them. I just kind of sit All back right. and watch.
2: All right, Billy, when we come back, I'll get you in on the conversation. Then I'll have my say as well. We're going to talk more about the virus when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But it's time for Rush Limbaugh. Lord knows I don't want to keep Rush for you because I'll get a bunch of phone calls. So here he is. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. During the break, uh, Pastor Scott was asking me some questions about uh, some things that he's seen on YouTube, farmer. You, many of you may have seen the farmer in Texas. I think he's up in East Texas, if I'm not mistaken, who is asking questions and talking about the food chain and some of the problems. And and uh, farmers have been told to you know plow their fields and things of that nature. And is that true? Yeah, some of that is true. I don't know how much of it is true. I do know some of it is true. I've I've talked with uh, the ag people down in Texas and things of that nature. There's a couple of reasons why. Let me let me give you a, a few specifics that I know for a fact. You've seen the stories of um, dairy farms uh, flushing milk. They're uh, you know literally pouring milk. Down drains. Now, what is happening there? It's just like the the same situation uh, with oil. You got a glut of oil. You don't have any place to store it. And in oil oil's case, they've got these huge, huge uh, oil tankers sitting off the coast of America, uh, holding this oil. And they're going to have to find some place for it. And right now, there is no place for it. So that's driving the price of uh, oil down. So now they're not, they're not, of course, bringing any more oil up. As far as milk is concerned, a lot of the places that use milk, like the school lunch program, you may not think about that, but think about when you went to elementary school, how much milk do you think your elementary school uh, consumed on any given day and those little pints that you got from the from the local dairy uh, people, uh, well, that, that milk's not being used. There's a, a lot of milk that's not being used in stores and in business. And because of that, there is too much milk. And the way our supply chains are set up, uh, they don't have any place to deliver it to. And if you don't have some place to deliver it to and you don't have any place to store it at, you pour it down the drain. And that's why you're seeing uh, dairy farmers dumping uh, milk at any given time. Chickens, two of the biggest uh, Tyson's uh, butchering uh, uh, chicken uh, plants are closed down right now because of uh, Corona-19, COVID-19. A lot of people have been found. Uh, with the disease in Indiana, one of those places had like 120, uh, active cases and it shut them down. Well, now, now you got a supply demand. You got people who want chicken, but you got the big chicken places not able to make it. I understand that Tyson's had full page ads today in the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Arkansas Gas. So just trying to warn people that we're, we're straining our food supply because of what's going on. So you may want I'm not telling you to go out and buy up everything you can and stick and buy yourself a freezer and whatnot. I'm just giving you the news Uh, that is is out there at this time. Do I buy the conspiracy theories? Nah, I don't. I know for a fact I talked to a doctor yesterday. I'm one of those people that I go over to see my doctor at uh, Baptist uh, NLR, and I go into other departments, too, and talk to people, and uh, found out, like, people aren't coming to the ER. They don't want to come to the ER. You know, that's bottom line. I mean, last place I want to be, is in a hospital unless I'm literally on death's door, because yeah. where's where's all the diseases? They're in the hospital. Right. Doctors now, that's why they get you out of there. Is they, you know, money and disease. That's the reason they want to get you out and do that. So no, I don't. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory to try to get rid of Trump or any of that stuff. I'm just, I just think it is, uh, you know, the market is doing what the market does, and people are doing what people do. You know, a lot of people are fearful, and, you know, I'd like you to talk about, before we get to the end of the show today, uh, Scott, about how fear, one of its main attributes is it makes people not think clearly, and it makes people sometimes not think at all. They just freeze up, so we can We can talk about that. Billy, anything you wanted to add about the uh, conspiracy theories?
0: Yeah, I will say that uh, I've got a sister-in-law who is a nurse, uh, and... We're seeing, you know, you see conflicting videos and conflicting messages. You see some people saying, hey, the, the hospitals are super crowded. And, and then you see the ghost towns as well. And um, in, in talking to her, um, she has also seen both of these, right? Uh, at one point, she got uh, asked to go to Louisiana and help with one of the hospitals down there. And in that case, where they have had a relatively large outbreak, um she saw the other side of that where the hospital was absolutely packed and they were doing, you know, 18 hour days, 20 hour days. uh, And yet back here at home where we have not, thankfully Arkansas has been spared a bunch of that. um, We're seeing exactly what uh, the conspiracy theorists out there are saying that the hospitals are, are relatively uh, ghost towns because what you were just pointing out, if I have a minor illness right now, uh, something that I might have gone to see a doctor about. Uh, for starters, my doctor doesn't want to see me right now, and yeah. uh, secondarily, I don't want to be anywhere he's at. Right? So uh, we're seeing we're seeing some of both of this, I, I think, uh, and I think. Um, Everybody, We seem to be in an age where everybody wants to be famous for something, so everybody is willing to—and uh, and I'm using that broad, general everybody—everybody um, everybody seems to be willing to open their mouth and insert their opinion about— A conspiracy theory Because conspiracy theories Are the fastest way To gather up a group of individuals And put them on your side Right Yeah Uh, I can come out with a conspiracy theory And uh, all those Who are a little bit like-minded Are suddenly my biggest cheerleaders And I think that's a lot of what's going on Is there a conspiracy out there To eliminate Trump Uh, Well i you know, um, six one half a dozen the other? But uh, they're already talking about impeachment two, and we're talking about impeachment two before impeachment one was over. So, uh, I, whether or not this is part of that conspiracy, I don't believe so. But uh, sure, they would love, love to get rid of Trump. Um, that's that's what an election coming up soon is all about. So yeah. um, for them anyway. So no, I don't. I don't think COVID itself is uh, a conspiracy to get rid of Trump. But um, as for what I mean, the who has now said that they are better than 90 percent sure that this virus did come out of the lab in wuhan whether that was intentional or accidental they've made no comment yet but certainly an an engineered virus it's just going to it's going to take time we're just going to have to to see where things go um the statement steve made while ago where we're just going to have to wait and see i think is exactly where we're, we're actually at
2: all right guys let's move on to another question this one i really like Uh, I was reading how God said that we are to put him in remembrance of his word. And so I was wondering if you guys, and he's talking about you, Scott, you, Steve, you, Billy, uh, if you guys could recommend a few verses of Scripture that we might stand on during this time of crisis. Also, do any of you have an impression as to how much longer we'll be in this condition? When will we return to normal living? Well, I'm just let me answer that final one. It's anybody's guess. All right, that's that's the key. It's anybody's guess. It's going to take a while, but we will get there. Have faith. It's going to be okay. With that said, I'll turn it over to you guys. Words that maybe some Bible verses people should you know, put to heart and in their mind and draw on for for strength during this time?
0: Psalms 91.10, uh, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your house. Uh, that That's one that um, I've passed out a lot here
4: recently. Okay. Scott? Uh, and so in there, the scripture that says, um, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Do you need a sound mind during this time so you're not confused? You need power to continue to move forward, and you don't want to give in to a spirit of fear because that will paralyze you. And God has not given you the spirit of fear, but he has given you power, and he has given you a sound mind. So I would I would use that verse also to stand on to, to combat any fear or intimidation you might be feeling during this time.
2: Okay, you broke up when you gave the uh, source. What What's the source of that again?
4: Uh, that was in... It's in you guys maybe have me. I don't know if it's First Timothy or Second Timothy, where it says that uh, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind.
2: Okay, we'll, we'll get that for sure. Go ahead. Uh, do you have any, Steve?
1: Yeah, I, I've always liked John 16:33, where it says, "In this world you will have yep. tribulation." Jesus said. He said, "But be of good cheer. He's the one that's overcome the world." Sometimes we lose focus that we think that this life and what we're doing here is what's important and we forget it's the kingdom. So we will have tribulation, trials, difficulties uh, and things like this, but we need to focus on him and not the situation.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yesterday, it's funny we're talking about this in that specifically. Is I played uh, The Temptations yesterday and Ball of Confusion, which came out in 1970. And you would think that that song was written today because everything that they were talking about in that song still is a major problem today, 40 years later. Well, wow. well. Wow. Hey, I got mean, my reference. Here.
4: Second, Second Timothy one seven.
2: Okay. Second, Second Timothy, 1, 7. Timothy one seven. All right. Yes. So Psalms ninety one ten. Second Timothy one seven. John sixteen thirty three. Anything else you wanted to add?
4: Uh, I would just, just add one. that. Yeah, I would just go ahead and, and just add that in your. Uh, in your time of uh, in your time of prayer uh, really begin to focus. you've got time at home now. really take time to, to feed yourself with, with the Word of God. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Give yourself time to read the word to build up your faith. Faith is the opposite of fear. Let your faith rise up in you during this time. It's a good time to, to go online and watch archive sermons of your of your pastor of your teaching to get yourself built up so that you're able to, uh, that you're able to endure.
2: What about you? Steve, anything else you want to add to what we were just talking about?
1: Uh, No, I guess I'll just say it this way. Yes, I would just piggyback what Scott is saying, and that is uh, the problem with people when they go down this idea of conspiracy is it's feeding fear. And uh, Pastor Scott has said this over and over again, that this is the time for the church to rise up. If there's ever a time in which we're supposed to stand up with boldness and confidence, it's in the midst of chaos and craziness. And we should be the people mm-hmm. of calm, we should be the people of peace, because we are holding on to the one who holds the world. And so I think we need to focus on those things and not scream, the sky has fallen, the sky has fallen. Even if there is a, some sort of conspiracy, uh, there's actually a verse in the book of Isaiah that says not to listen to conspiracy. Um, but to stand on the one who is in control. So please don't let this cause fear and anxiety, but grab those verses, just a couple, and as Scott said, get into your word and just fill your mind with all of the word.
2: Absolutely. Alright, we got to get our break in, guys. Let's do that. Then we'll come back, continue to Dave Ellswick's show. i got another question for you. Then I want to relay a story about a pastor in Louisiana and what happened to him. And will apply uh some New Testament teaching to what happened to him. It's uh, the Dave Ellswick show one oh one point one FM The answer. I'm gonna tell you what, running this hour of my show is like being a lion tamer. I got a chair, I got a whip, and I making these I make these guys get up on the on the things to stand and jump through the fiery hoops and all of that. <laughs> it's kinda crazy during the break. All right Uh, Two questions, says this uh, uh, questioner. The first question is just how important is it for churches to meet corporately? I'm seeing people trying uh, to define what a new normal will or should look like for the church, and I'm hearing a lot about just doing church from video or in small groups. What's your thoughts about that? Uh, And my second question is related to the first, and that is, what do you think things will look like for the church after this is all over with? So let's start with that first question. Is it all that important for the church to meet corporately? I have an answer, but I want to hear from you guys first. Let's start with Billy
0: Miller this time. Billy, you're up. Um, I think there's no doubt uh, that that corporate ministry is... Um, the way to do things uh, when it's available. Now, I also believe in using some common sense, but um, we are we are told that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, uh, but to encourage one another, and all the more as we see that day approaching. Um, the, the key there being, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. There is something unique. Um, scripture tells us that where two or three of us will gather together. Uh, the, the implication there being that the expectation is we will be gathering together. So um, the Spirit moves in um, unique ways when uh, when the body comes together. So I think it's vital. Uh, what the new norm looks like, I don't know. I don't know that we can predict what the, the new normal look like for the church, because I don't know that we can predict what the new normal look like for the country as a whole. Um, I, I think those... I think those who are saying we come out of this as a fascist state are wrong, but I think those who say that we're going to come out of this and go right back to the way things were before are also wrong. Um, I I think when this is all said and done, the United States will have fundamentally changed in some ways. Um, I know you you see a lot of college-age kids. I've got college-age kids at home, so I'm I'm dealing with a lot of college-age kids are asking the question, if we can do school from home right now, then why do I want to pay Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to go to a campus somewhere. So uh, I, I think I think we are fundamentally changed as a country when this is over, and I don't know how that will impact the church yet. All right, that's a
2: great answer, Billy. I give you credit. That's really good. All right, what's your take on it? Let's uh, go to Steve.
1: Um, I yeah, the Bible is very clear that, as Scott said, also we're um, we're designed to be together. We're designed to be communal. And, um, you can't just move all of this online. We, we've already known that just the, the sheer fact that so many people spend so much on, time online and on digital technology anyways, it's affecting social skills. And we were designed to come together and praise God together and worship together. Now, does that mean that uh, we couldn't be like a lot of the churches around the world today or that like the church was in the, in the first, second, third century or in the catacombs in Rome? That we have to move to a place where we go back to house churches and less large communal meetings. Who knows? But there are a lot of churches around the world that, that meet that way. They don't have the privilege that we have to be able to get together with, you know, fifty, a hundred, a 1, thousand people and praise God together. So I think it should right. cause us to consider that that when the doors are are open and the gates are released, that how much we've taken for granted the Lie assembling down. together, and we should run the churches when the when the gates are open. All
4: right.
2: Scott, you can finish it yeah. up.
4: All right. Uh, the, the Scripture says that we are a body, uh, and then it describes that we, you know, the hand cannot say to the foot, I don't have need of you. And, and a body, in other words, is attached to itself. And you, if we're described as a body, we're meant to um, assemble. And let's not forget that one thing that God did uh, is he, he built two houses of worship, first and second temple. And the purpose of those houses was for corporate assembly. And so the idea was that you would assemble several times a year corporately. Um, That was important. And when the curse came, what the curse did was destroy the temple, which in other words, the curse was, okay, you can't gather corporately. So the curse is lack of ability to gather. The blessing is being able to gather uh, corporately uh, together, we can't forget that Jesus was our great example, and He went into the uh, the synagogue every every week, and He would teach in the synagogue, and He would read in the synagogue. Paul, the Bible says, as His manner was, went to the synagogue every Sabbath day. These men are our examples, and Paul said this in Acts 20:20. 20, 20. He said, I have kept nothing back that was profitable to you, by declaring the gospel to you publicly and house to house. So the full effect of the profitability of learning the Word of God is contained in two veins, public and house-to-house, corporate and uh, small group. So those two things are needed for the advancement of the body. So is it necessary or is it important? The Bible is replete with those examples.
2: All right. Let's finish it up. I told you guys uh, I was talking about Pastor Tony Spell. He's the head of Life Tabernacle Church. Uh, in central Louisiana, carried on with a scheduled service despite being issued a misdemeanor summons for ignoring a statewide order barring large gatherings just hours uh, ago. Uh, Authorities charged Bell with six counts of rule violations, one for each of the six services he held at his campus these last two weeks now. Uh, he was told uh, not to go and preach uh, at his uh, church, and they put on a ankle bracelet so they could monitor where he was. They found him back at his church uh, again and preaching again. And uh, when do you think the government oversteps their bounds on this? Um, and I know we all agree and disagree in certain areas of this. Uh, so uh, let me let's start off with with uh, Pastor Scott.
4: Uh, I think any time the government tries to uh, tell people uh, how and when and where they can worship uh, the Lord, they they're in violation of their own oath that they have taken. Now. There are obviously situations concerning the, the public uh, public health and public well-being that need to be taken into consideration. But like we've said before, this is nothing new that peop- the government says don't do it, and the the, pe- the pastors or ministers go out and they do it anyway. Um, in, the, in the Bible, they suffered the, the punishment for violating uh, the dictate to the government, they were beaten, they were stoned, they were whipped, but they still went out and preached the gospel uh, anyway. This is a little bit different, as Pastor Steve was saying, that you know, this now involves a, a virus, so it needs to be taken a little bit uh, differently. But at the end of the day, a man of God is responsible to the Lord of his life. And if the Lord of his life says, you do it, then that is what he has to go by. And a secular, unsafe person will never understand what exactly that's all about. So if you're doing it just to be rebellious against authorities, that's one thing. But if you're following the voice of the Lord, you have to do it. You don't have a choice in that situation.
2: Yeah, as Amen. I as I read that story, I thought about this guy feeling that he had to preach uh, the Word of God to his uh, congregation, and he thought that that was, you know, that's what I've been called to do. And uh, I don't see how that's any different than... You know, Peter and John, although, you know, Scott, uh, Steve and I were talking off the air, I, can, I understand his views on it as well. But they went and and preached the gospel knowing uh, that they were going to be uh, caned, basically, because of it. And uh, were, and then uh, were let go and told, you know, don't go out and preach on th- about this Jesus again. And the first thing they did was put out and started proclaiming Christ to the world. So, you okay. know, I, I think it depends on your, your, you know, the feeling of the Holy Spirit and the calling that the Spirit has given you at that given time. Just well, make sure that you're hearing the Spirit, all right, not your yes, own yeah. inner voice
1: and so what we can do to really check the what we should do actually a little late now maybe because since things are starting to open up is to find out the real if we have real hypocrisy with the with the state or the government and i can understand walmart and grocery stores and that being open but if we really wanted to find out if they were kind of against churches we should schedule church to be at lowe's or home depot on the and ah.
0: <laughs> they, Amen.
1: They shut us down.
2: That's 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 very good. Well, what's the difference between parking in your car at Sonic and parking it in the parking lot of Agape this Sunday? We're out that's of right. time, guys. Thank you so much for being with us, the Bible guys today. I'm out of here. I'm back at eight o'clock or about eight oh five. Thank you, gentlemen. See you next week. final hour of a Tuesday show. It has flown by. Two hours in the book, another hour to go. Elizabeth is back and uh, we were sitting and just talking about uh, music because music play- is was a huge part of my life. I mean, really, really was. And that's why I've enjoyed over the last couple of days, we've thrown a few songs into the mix with uh, The Temptations and Ball of Confusion because As I said earlier, if you listen to the lyrics of that song closely, there is no difference in the 1970s than there is of 2020. I'm just telling you, 50 years ago, they were talking the same issues. Unbelievable. I I love the line in that that says, you know... Uh, nobody's talking about love but the, the preacher nobody's talking about learning yep. learning but the teacher uh With just teacher. you know just really good set and rap on brother rap on <laughs> I they, had it, they had
3: it figured out way back didn't they well
2: they, Whitmore Whit, I think Whitmore was the guy's last name who wrote that song wrote he wrote 92 top 100 hits And uh, he was the man behind The Sound of the Temptations and uh, just was so good and wrote such great music. I mean, he wrote, you know, I Wish It Would Rain, uh, My Girl, uh, I Know I'm Losing You and and all that. And and my favorite version, I Know I'm Losing You, is not The Temptations. It's, uh, It's Rod Stewart's version. Of I know i 'm losing you off of I believe it was every picture tells a story uh, this is a you know i 'm just a huge m- music buff, but Motown uh, really was an amazing amazing story of all the great groups that came out and are still around i mean you do you go you see i 'm hoping the vapors and i 'll have to talk to them uh, down in hot springs i 'm hoping they 're hanging in there. Uh, I had heard that they were planning on doing a big Motown review, and I'll tell you right now, they have that, I'm there. I will be there. You know, it would be nice to bring in a couple of, uh, you know, groups that have one or two original members. I'd go nuts if they could bring Smokey Robinson in there. I don't know if they could afford him, but to get Smokey there and, and have him do some music and stuff would be Fantastic.
3: It's too bad, Mr. Gordy. What was the gentleman's name? His first Barry name? Barry Gordy. Uh, bless, yeah. Barry Gordy. Yeah, Barry Motown. Gordy. He was the one that propelled so many, so many to top, you know, number money, one. Hit.
2: Money can corrupt people, and it corrupted Barry Gordy. It did. It no did. Doubt, but he no also was a it.
3: fabulous, you know, he, he scouted talent like no one ever did before. Oh, you yeah. You know, he was able oh, yeah. to bring all those people to the
2: forefront, so. So look at, he looked at the Supremes and said, yeah, big group. But then yeah. as they they went along, he says, you know what? They may be big, but Diana Ross on her own is going to be even bigger. Bigger, bigger. And she was a mm, superstar, so oh, superstar. No kidding. I mean, if she showed up, if she went on a tour, I'd go see her. I would. In a I mean, split all a the great music that she did. Um, I mean, there are certain groups. If they came back and went out and toured again, I'd go. I mean, I'm the same way about Pink Floyd. If Pink Floyd went on another tour, I'd be buying my tickets immediately.
3: Are they around even still?
2: <laughs> uh, no, they, they you no. know they're, they 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 are not. They don't hate each other or anything like that. They just don't want to go put studio time do in. And I I mean I can understand. You think about you listen to a Pink Floyd album, and you think about that about how much they do. In multi-tracking and everything, and uh, now oh, yeah. with computers, it's a little easier. But still, you know, I'd go see Queen if they went out on a tour. On a tour, I mean, I, I know that, that Freddie. I know Freddie's not there, but that kid that was on uh, Amer- not America's Got Talent, but uh, American Idol, uh, he Absolutely. sounded like Freddie. You know, I'd go out and see him, it's just like I go see he Journey again, it. even though yeah. that Perry's not there. That guy that got out of the Philippines sounds exactly like Steve Perry.
3: Well, you know, the Beach Boys still do tour. I saw them on TV not long ago, 260 something days a year, I think he said. I thought, wow, at their age? Is Ma- I don't think. I don't think. A year touring?
2: Yeah, I don't think Mike Love tours with them anymore. I think he gave it up a couple of years ago. I mean, there's really, I think maybe only, I don't even know if there's even two of the original members, but you know what? I think two. They're, the music yeah. is timeless.
3: You know, music was better then. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. Music was better then. I listen to music all the time. I hear current music. I'm very fortunate. I jazzercise. We get well, great music, and they do a good job. But music well, you're, today you're, is you're, not what it used to be.
2: It's, well, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you. There's a few artists that are out there that are very, very They're, talented yeah. that, that I like to hear. And creative, I mean, yes. Look, I, I sit down, and if I want to get up and, and get at it, uh, I, I'll crank up Joan Jett, but even Joan Jett has been around now for 40 years. Uh, that's going to blow everybody's mind. But 40 years, we're sure showing, we're showing our cobwebs now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love rock and roll. Came out in the 80s, folks. Just telling you.
3: The, the music I hear now, a lot of times, is kind of a breathy monotone, and the and the words are not usually very. I don't know, they're not uplifting, they're not fun, they're not happy, they're kind of blah or they're negative. I just don't think music today, well, it's probably a great reflection of a recurrent, uh, you know, the millennials and their, their outlook on the world. You do know that the millennials think now that the coronavirus, you know, was sort of created to pick on them, Right. You know, they've already got a hopeless existence. Oh, yeah, they've got a hopeless existence as it is, and this just makes it even worse. They're just never going to make it in the world, and it's all about them. It's all about them.
2: I'm going to tell you right now, (laughs) Heidi, who is my producer. With
3: with excuses to Heidi, because I know she doesn't think that.
2: (laughs) No, she's not your typical millennial. I'm just telling you, she is not. I've talked to her not, enough not now that I'm, she's not that, and she's not an emo either, which I'm really appreciative of as well. I don't know if I could you, handle seeing black lipstick. You have to explain that and, to a few folks.
3: You have to explain yeah, that well, to a few
2: folks. Yeah, if, you go look it up. Anyway, uh, you know, <laughs> they're not wearing black fem, uh, fingernails and black lipstick and heavy black eyeliner and all of that kind of stuff. Used to be gone. I never. I never, yeah, I never really understood that whole movement anyway. I'm a, I'm much more, I'm just, I don't know about you, Heidi, but I'm much more too much of an optimist to ever, you know, put my arms around being uh, in the goth movement. I just couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, I I was... uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead, Hottie. I was just going to say, um, you know, when I was like in middle school, high school, like in the mid-late 2000s, like the emo goth movement with like the Hot Topic and all of that, like that had a kind of a resurgence. And I just yeah. remember thinking being like, ooh, they seem cool, but super bad. But yeah, I never, I never was in that, so
2: okay so you you weren't into really drinking blood then that's good I'm glad to hear oh, no,
0: that no I can't <laughs> I, I I don't think I was
2: <laughs> people you know people just people do weird stuff and when you're younger you do yeah. weird stuff because you want to try something weird you know
3: uh-huh. what I'm saying yeah in school
2: yeah it does and then you grow up and you go man let's Dumb! <laughs> I look. I mean, I look back at my life and I said, "Dave, how stupid could you have been?" I mean, you You're know, like you, you, knew, you knew better. <laughs> you know, I did. I'm telling you, late '60s, early '70s. Uh, I believe in the old saying: If you remember those times, you weren't there. <laughs> I'm, I'm just. I'm just. You know what I'm saying, Elizabeth? We talked about
3: this before. I'm just yeah. Don't be lying now. That was uh, that was the age of, of you know free love and and drugs and ro- sex drugs and rock and roll.
2: That's sex, exactly the Late
3: sixties. Oh yeah. Late. Like, yep. Even here in Arkansas, you know, even here in Arkansas, you were out and around, but I was here in Arkansas. I was well, in I grew the up 19th outside of Chicago. grade. Yeah, it was crazy I was in the ninth tenth grade Chicago. when they had uh, Woodstock, and I was actually yep. able and invited to go with friends of mine, and my parents would not let me. And I'm yeah. sort of glad I didn't go very frankly.
2: <laughs> I was I don't know. I might, out there I might have that. liked to be I might have liked being in the mud I'm just saying <laughs> that that looked like fun. I got a friend that was there. If you've ever seen the picture of the guy that's standing at the end of the mudslide that's got the mirror sunglasses on, the aviator sunglasses. Have you seen that guy? I've seen that picture. Okay. that's That guy is David. His name is David Guess. He's a buddy of mine from uh, Lexington, Kentucky. And wow. And he's in one of, he's, he's one of, he, yeah, he's in a seminal picture of Woodstock.
3: Yeah. I bet he's got that on the wall. How amazing. I've seen that picture. I know the one. Now, we had our own version of the mudslide here in Arkansas in the 70s. There used to be, and I guess they still do it, the Mountain View Folk Festival. All right, Now, great great music festival, mountain music, you know, picking and grinning, yeah. all the musicians get out with their guitars and all the music, you know, the banjos, and fabulous. Yeah,
2: blue bluegrass, but baby. Not,
3: but that's not why all the hippies went. The hippies went and camped out in the woods and partied for three days in the mud and the rain because it rained every, every weekend that they had that for two or three years. And I actually got to go to a couple of those. We went into town and listened to all the music and they had a big time and then everybody went and camped out and played around and had a big time on the weekend and I can remember one weekend where it, it flooded um, oh, what's the name of the, the river up there Um at mountain view anyway it flooded it rained and there was mud everywhere and so we had our own version here in arkansas i did get to play in the cool. mud that weekend i remember very very well having mud all over me in my hair it was in my mouth we all had a big time it was great
2: <laughs> and, and when they told you they were going to have some bluegrass they weren't talking about kentucky or music were they
3: and there was a lot of that going on. Now I got to say, I stayed away from most of that at that time, but it was going on. But you know, I mean, it was walking about in the air everywhere.
2: <laughs> got to laugh about it. But there were, I went to there were I went to a great. I seriously went to a Grateful Dead concert in 1972, and it got to the point where you could barely see the stage. Barely. It was like <laughs> it was like it, there was like a major fog. That moved in. Well, everybody knows that everyone who saw a dead concert knows what I'm talking about. All right, 18 minutes after 8, <laughs> Heidi, Heidi is shaking her head right now saying, I can't believe he talks about this. Ah, pff, it's history. I mean, it's just the way things true. were. 18 after 8, here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, 822, make it 823. Uh, don't forget, he's, you know, David was talking about saving massive amounts in taxes. The only way you're going to know about taxes or about Social Security and how to go about taking your Social Security so that you don't lose money is by paying attention to what David Lucas has to say. You know, he, he talks about this Forbes magazine article that 96% of Americans, that's right, 96%. Uh, claim their social security benefits at the wrong time and if you do that it's going to cost you money on average about a hundred and eleven thousand dollars and i i know i didn't want to lose that kind of money so i i spent time talking to david i think i'm one of the four percent that that did it right but i told you that you know my wife thought that maybe she's not going to ask because she didn't hadn't worked and uh, there's there's some more that goes into that and she called and found out she had 900 and something dollars coming every month. I'm glad that she did. That's a lot of money in the course of a year. You know, you can learn how you could avoid that pitfall of losing that kind of money and you can do it for free. Social security analysis is what you need and you'll get it from David Lucas Financial here in North Little Rock. If you save more than $250,000 and have not Filed for Social Security, then what you need to do is be one of the first 10 callers right now and schedule your free analysis at 501-222-3315. This free analysis can be done over the phone or video conference. Again, call 501-222-3315, 501 222 3315 investment advisory services offered through David Lucas financial and Arkansas registered investment advisor so Elizabeth and I were talking during the break and we got a few minutes here before we get to uh, Sean Hannity uh, we were wondering how the uh, gathering of signatures for the initiated acts are going and uh... Uh, Elizabeth had heard one of the groups had, I guess, tried to go through a, 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 a judge saying they didn't have to get the necessary signatures because they can't do it right now with the social distancing and everything that's going on. And they wanted the judge just to say, oh, heck, they would have done it. So we'll just put this on the ballot. And evidently, the judge, did they say no? Is that what happened, yeah. Elizabeth?
3: That that particular situation was not with the medical marijuana, I don't believe. It was another um, initiated referendum situation. Well, there's several out there. There are three of them, three uh, recreational marijuana initiatives going on in Arkansas, or at least there were before all the shutdown. I don't know where any of them stand. Uh, Don't really see a whole lot on the Internet right now that I can find about where they are with all that. The story I saw, maybe I can find that in a minute, was about a different, refer- different referendum here in Arkansas, and they've asked the judge to go ahead and just put it on the ballot because they're not able to gather signatures.
2: Ridiculous. No. Basically. I, and I, just, just, I, no. Yeah, I was like, just, no. It just happens no, to no, work no, no, that no, way. No,
3: not the way it works. <laughs> no, it
2: does not work that way. And you're just going to have to probably wait until the election, the off-year election, or wait for two years and go for the next presidential election. You know, people like to do presidential elections because people tend to uh, be a little bit more cognizant uh, of, of uh, political issues at that time. And uh, you can, they can turn around and and uh, you get more people turn out at the polls uh, and uh, have, a, have a better chance normally uh, to get something on the ballot. You got the Marijuana Initiative okay. uh, and uh, the other initiated act and in talking about from people, not from uh, the politicians, but from the people. Uh, Dealing with uh, changing and coming up with some kind of elective-appointed commission to do the uh, redistricting in the state, Uh, and that's
3: uh, the one that they have. um, They've asked a judge for more time to submit petitions because the pandemic is making it impossible to gather. It also asked they. The group is called Arkansas Voters First. They've asked Arkansas to waive the requirement that signatures be witnessed in person and to allow them to do it electronically.
2: Oh, do it well, on I'm the internet, I'm right. sorry, that's like voting
3: by mail. That's, that's not going to work.
2: <laughs> well, that's even worse than voting by mail. At least voting by mail, you've got to prove who you are. You've got to present exactly. some stuff uh, to sign a, uh, a petition. And who's to say that one person couldn't sit down and just type in people's names and addresses and stuff Onto a petition on the on the internet now I I think there's too much for uh, it to be screwed up and that's going to get tied up in court so long that uh, it, they're not going to have the time because if this judge says yeah I agree with it it's going it's going to be appealed immediately well, it will be here's, appealed here's the reasoning immediately.
3: if you don't give us an injunction against these restrictions on the signatures the proposed amendment will be eliminated in a critical year. For our actual substantive goal, which is to establish an independent redistricting commission. So in other words, we've decided we want to do a commission, and we're going to get it on the ballot no matter what, and this is the year we have to do it. And because we've decided this is the critical year, you need to you know, suspend the rules
0: because okay.
2: we don't so, like the pandemic. So <laughs> real cu- really quick, let me say here's why this year is a critical year, because this would be the first year of Republicans will take care yeah. of the redistricting in the state of Arkansas. Before this time, it's always, and I'm saying that I can say it this way, always, been the democrats all right we're out of time right now elizabeth we'll come back talk about this uh, for everybody Uh, but right now sean hannity is warming up his vocal cords off stage and is going to come Mm -hmm. out and give you your his morning update here on the dave ellswick show you're listening to the dave ellswick show 73 for a high today with some thunderstorms in the area right now though here's sean hannity All right, back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and uh, we got the last half hour uh, to go here. Uh, We're going to try to get a hold of Couch and let him talk uh, about this. We found out during the break, I think this was mentioned during the break, that as of this time, that particular uh, uh, piece of, uh, uh, oh man, I lost the term now, that you're going to vote on uh, in November is only referendum, got yeah referendum, yeah referendum well, only has one hundred yeah. yeah yeah and the petitions only has a hundred signatures and you, you need a, a specific percentage of of uh, signatures typically making up about what is it three quarters of the vote for the uh, governor winner isn't that how it goes but They've
3: changed the requirements. They're pretty stringent. I don't recall. <laughs> All right. I don't recall what they are, but they're pretty tight. And you've got to so, get a lot more than 100 signatures. for Oh,
2: sure. yeah. So we're going, we're going to find out more. We'll get a hold of Couch. Uh, we'll call the Secretary of State. Uh, he may not be able to comment because this is in uh, uh, the legal area now, and I would not be surprised that the state of Arkansas isn't included in that uh, in that legal uh, uh, decision that was made by the people on this. All right, other well, question he- that's out there. Let me just jump. I'm going to change. I'm going to change uh, directions now, uh, Elizabeth, because we don't have, uh, I think, an, enough uh, information to to make that a, a really uh, mm-hmm. topic to pursue. But Jason Rapert put out a tweet the other day, and I guess the Arkansas Times reported on this. Uh, it uh, it says, this is from Jason Raper, a tweet that he put out, uh, hashtag Republican, hashtag Arkansas, state senators out of 26, uh, 25, state senators out of 26, pledged to vote for the uh, Arkansas Senator, GOP, President, Pro Tem nominee. Now, as far as I know, that is... Uh, Bart Hester is who they had agreed to. Uh, some did not do that, though, teaming with Democrats to betray the GOP caucus and defeat the nominee. Uh, and who was it, uh, Elizabeth? Who won? Jim Jimmy Hickey. Hickey Jimmy won Hickey. it. So, what do Republicans think of that? Well, I got. I'll be honest with you. I I think it's a typical. Uh, you know, DA move by uh, Republicans—just plain stupid. It's, it's, I think, biding the governor's uh, candidate, who I think Jim, I think Hickey probably was wanted by. Uh, The the governor more than uh, Bart Hester would be, who's kind of has very strong libertarian leanings. And, you know, Bart, because he's been on my show a ton. But I was looking at the people who sent uh, texts back or tweets back to uh, uh, Rayford. And one really grabbed my uh, attention. And it came from Corey. I don't know who Corey is. It just says state before party is a great thing. See, there you go. I don't know who this guy is, but evidently he thinks that the state benefits from Hickey, but not from Hester and better that uh, these Republicans, uh, you know, went against uh, the caucus. Now, understand what the caucus did is they met together and twenty five Republicans out of the twenty six in the Senate made decision uh to back Hester evidently, but then when they voted on it uh, and that would have been uh, Last
1: right week, before, yeah, the, right, the, before the, the
2: week. right before the, 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 the financial uh, the the fiscal uh, meeting uh, nineteen of them did just the opposite of what they said they were going to do. Now, I think, and I don't know if it was a secret ballot uh, that was done or if the names are out there so we can see who it is, but we need to nope. publicize we need to publicize the names of the people who voted against Hester because they went against the caucus completely. And
3: Jason uh, Go ahead.
2: Well, evidently the Arkansas Times ma- kind of cast an aspersion towards that Rapert was one of these nineteen, and he he's saying, "Nope, not me." You know. So, well, who are the it, other nineteen?
3: It was probably nine Republicans at a minimum. We oh, number nine. one. Okay. It was a secret vote. It was a secret vote for the Senate pro tem, so we don't know how our senators voted. We know how Jason White voted because he said so on Facebook. He said he voted the way he pledged to vote, which was Bart Hester. And he's got a post on Facebook, and he says that um, in a surprising move yesterday, and that would be this was on April 17th, so this happened back on the 16th of April, back in a surprising move, a few Republicans violated their pledge to support the Republican caucus nominee as is customary. These Republicans joined with nine Democrats in the Senate. This was a secret vote, and they elected Senator Jimmy Hickey as the president pro tem designate. Secret ballot process is never done in the Senate on any other vote, according to Senator Rayford. He says further that the vote undermined the will of the majority of our Republican caucus when Senator Hester was defeated at the hands of a small group of Republicans and Democrats. Well, there are only nine Democrats in the state Senate. Okay. If you look at it, I don't know if it's a half plus one vote, but I think it may be.
2: Yeah, it would okay, be 51. That means you got to
3: have, what, 18 people. So you need nine Republicans to go with the nine Democrats in order to get somebody else elected.
2: And that's well, apparently
3: what happened.
2: There, there are several in things Facebook, to look. Yeah, just so you know, I'm going to jump in here. Here's what's please. interesting about this. Okay, so you had nine Republicans that broke their oath. Okay, an oath. It looks that way. All right. Now, if they broke their oath, number one, I think the Republican Party uh, should be should make that known. Uh, you know, I think all Absolutely. the people who. People who voted for Hester need to step up and say, I voted for Hester and just let everybody start saying who they were uh, and and damn these people even more if they say they voted for Hester and they're lying and did not. And then you got, you know, you know, this is when the the party has to do something. I'm just telling you, well, the party
3: needs to do something and the party has needed to do some things for quite a while. I find it pretty disturbing that. Republicans would sit in front of fellow Republicans
2: and in a lie caucus to their faces
3: and lie right to their faces apparently and I'm just pretty disturbed about that he senator rapert asks on facebook there's a fairly long post here and he asks people to uh, he says do you know how your republican state senator voted you should ask them yeah i'll Tell be fine i'll
2: be fine yeah, i'll be finding that report. out
3: I'll I want to know as well, uh, again, my feeling on that is they're just not trustworthy if they do that. And no, if they're no. not trustworthy, I don't want them in my, you know, representing Republicans in office in the Senate.
2: Because, uh, here's, the, here's the other thing know, we, we need to know. can't trust them. Now, let me tell you what else we need to know, Elizabeth. How many of them have been a, a member of the Republican Party from the beginning, or, or how many of them were Democrats <laughs> and then— Moved over hmm. to the Republican Party. That's an interesting I
3: would, thought as well. I would like to know that one as yeah. well.
2: Yeah, I'd that like would to be very interesting as well. Yeah, there's, there's, this is, this is calls for doing some digging into them, and I guess going to have to, going to have to do that. All right, it's, it's a quarter it's, till nine. The, by the way, go ahead.
3: Yeah, with all the coronavirus going on, we sort of overlooked this for a couple of weeks because it, it happened a week and a half ago. And uh, I did see where Senator Hickey had been elected. I didn't. I, when I read it, I thought, oh, I thought I thought I had read that Bart Hester was sort of the designated individual.
2: So well, he said he, strange going he on. said that he knew he had the vote to be yeah, uh, the pro tem. I thought he would be the pro tem. To be honest, well, be if you went uh, to your next...
3: caucus meeting and, you, you know, 25 of your fellow Republicans said they were going to vote for you, wouldn't you think?
2: <laughs> yeah, you got that right. All right. So that's just something to talk about. I'll I've got Bart Hester's phone number. I'll, I'll make a, a, a text or an email uh, to him. Text probably and see if he'll join us tomorrow and be listening for my promo. See if I can get you an answer on that right now. Here's my answer. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back with more on the Dave Ellswick show. Looking for a high of seventy-three today. Some thunderstorms later this afternoon into the evening. Tomorrow partly sunny, seventy-one, and Thursday sunny skies, seventy-four. Okay, Dave Ellswick show back with you. Traffic and weather coming up right here on one hundred one point one FM, The Answer. Yeah, if you want to know why uh, the Dems a lot of times uh, continue to get their way uh, in the state and in the in federal government as well, all you need to uh, uh, okay. I'm, I just got an answer back on a, t- a text, and the answer was best not to. So anyway, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. now looking here, um, let me check this out real quick, is it, that you got to understand this is why... Uh, Democrats continue to be able to win in many of these instances uh, because you've got a renegade set of uh, 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 Republicans that don't do what they say they'll do and they need to be voted out. That's the way we were on uh, making a mention to uh, Raper said this is why Dems so often win. They do not dare. Step out of line. If they do, they will be punished. Case in point, State Representative Democrat Michigan Kara Winslet dared to thank Trump for mentioning the hydrochloroquine, which she and her doctor say helped her, and now she's being censored. Yeah. All right. All right. So,
3: out.
2: Yep. yeah, I'm looking, I look at this, and if you've got nine Republicans that put who they think is going to be a weak leader uh, in the state senate Uh, you've got a problem here and something uh, necessarily needs to be done and i'm of the opinion this is when you really have to be transparent and let everybody know that you cannot stand for this kind of stuff You cannot allow this to happen. You can't sit in caucus and say, yeah, I'll vote and and be a weak-kneed sister. No, you're going to do something against the caucus, but you don't have the gonads to stand up and own it. That's the worst kind of coward there is. That's going to hide behind a uh, you know a private ballot and uh, and literally stick the knife in the back of a fellow Republican. That is wrong, absolutely wrong, and should not be entertained. Number one, but if done, should be punished. This
3: is where the grassroots should get involved and probably, you know, you need to be asking your state senator, your Republican state senator, how did you vote? If enough of us make enough noise about it with our local Republican committees and our local Republican folks and our senators, we might be able to get to the bottom of some of it. The, uh, this is very similar to the idea of we have people running as Republicans who do not comply with the platform, who will tell you during the election cycle all kinds of good things. And when they get elected, they do what these folks did. They sit with the Democrats and they vote in the middle or for the Democrat side of things. We can't afford this anymore. And I don't mean financially. We cannot afford to keep doing this. The conservative side of politics needs to hang together Democrats have learned to do this. They have various groups that have all sorts of different thoughts about what things ought to be. But when they decide that they have a talking point, they all fall in line because later they all get a little bit of the pie. They all all get rewarded. The Republicans haven't figured this out yet. They believe they have to fight their individual fights out among the party in front of everybody, and they don't pull together. And I've seen it so many times at the national level and certainly at the state level it is not helping our party. the The majorities that we have right now are, are I think, fortunate, and, and I'm glad to have them. I'm not sure how long we can hold on to them if this party cannot learn how to stand together when it needs to happen.
2: Yeah, well, I'm I'm working right now. There's a there's a text going out left and right. To uh, a lot of the state senators that I know, and I'm asking how they voted, and then I'm going to ask, do you, know any of, do you know for sure which people voted against and that you'll never trust in caucus against? I mean, that's my question, because I got to tell you what, you do this to me one time, you won't get a chance to do it to me again, because I won't believe you as far as, you know, from you as far as your social distancing. Okay, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to I'm not going to trust you ever again.
3: And here's the other thing I just don't understand. In a caucus meeting, it's all Republicans. If you have a disagreement, that's that's the place to have the conversation. That's not the place to lie to your fellow Republicans. And, and, you know, of course, if you're up to no good, maybe that's exactly your tactic is to lie and let them think you're doing something you're not. So I'm just extremely suspicious. The tactics smack of the left, and that's just how they operate. Is not what I expect. From people on the right, it's just yeah. not what I expect. I don't appreciate the duplicity. There's
2: that. Big well, big, I'll be asking. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll be asking Elizabeth, and along with my questions, it's going to be what was the gameplay here, and uh, find out what, what why they on? think. Yeah, why did they do what they did? Because it needs not to only be that. discussed.
3: We have some serious decisions facing this new legislature coming up because of the budget cuts that are going to be required and necessary because of the revenue shortfalls. Yeah, 15 percent at least. I'm not going to sit still for a lot of raising taxes, which is what Arkansas Republicans have been doing for a long time. So maybe, you know, maybe some things are going to change in that regard. But the next legislature is going to have some very serious decisions to make and i'm not really comfortable about the way this is looking right now
0: Yeah, right,
2: nice going to, this is why the show is important uh here in arkansas uh, we're the only ones that are really spending any time talking about this uh, i will uh, send out a uh text to hester uh, to hester i'll send out a text to rapert and then uh you know just off top of my head you know i'll send one to hammer i'll send one out to uh garner i'll send one out to uh, uh i'm trying to think who is who's up who's out there in uh in malvern he just his name uh is eluding me right now one of the great conservatives here in the state are you still there elizabeth
3: yes i don't know i, I don't oh, know yeah locations. you do
2: you know who it is. You know he's been he's been on my show a million times. He he's worked hard for the kids of the state.
3: Huh? I'm sorry, it's just not coming to my head. <laughs>
2: yeah, there you go. See, that's terrible. I hate it when that happens. But you know, these are all people we're we're uh, talking about. Uh, he just he won his his primary huge uh, back uh, in, on the primary. Uh, And boy, his name is just a miss. You're right. I knew it
3: is too. It's just not coming. (laughs) I hate it.
2: (laughs) All right. I had somebody text me and said, "Don't confuse honesty with compliance with party dicta." Well, I'm not confusing. They were neither neither honest or compliant. I mean, if you're going to run as a Republican. Uh, you're saying you're going to, I believe, going to be compliant with your party. You should know what your party stands for, and you should be compliant. Uh, and to uh, and break with that compliance uh, means that, uh, you know, if you're lying to people so that you can uh, vote against something that they want, uh, maybe you think that that uh, is, is not staying in compliance, but the honesty goes with compliance. I mean, you you should be standing up and saying, "I won't do this. I won't vote or maybe for this." You're not a
3: Republican. Maybe you, know, you don't that, need to be a Republican.
2: Yeah, that, that's you know, that's all I would say as as far as as that's concerned. I think they go hand in hand. And by the way, thank you, Elizabeth. You're right, Alan Clark. Uh, I need to get yes. a hold of Alan and talk <laughs> to him. To I need to get a hold of my senator and talk to him. I need to talk to Robin Lundstrom. Well, she's in the in the house, so it won't make any difference. But I can I can get a pretty I pr- probably can get a pretty good handle uh, pretty quickly because I bet you these Republicans know who uh, who went off the reservation or Everyone have a real Mr.
3: Cooper John Cooper yeah
2: yeah, yeah. I can almost mm-hmm. tell you he would mm-hmm. have probably done that you know he he would just out of spite. Because you know he's not going to be a state senator in the near, near term. You got uh, Senate elect uh, uh, out up there in in Jonesboro now. You got
3: the one who served, yeah, John Cooper.
2: Yeah, yeah, you got Cooper still. I'm just saying he
3: may, since he's he's an you know an elect, uh, sorry, senator to be. He may have some input.
2: Well, we'll find out. Interesting. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. I'm sorry. We'll do it again Thank next you. Tuesday. Have a great one, Elizabeth. You have a great time. We'll be back at 6 a.m. here on the Dave Ellswick Show.